Hello friends, Microwave Noble. Information about how to view and listen to my content and support the ministry will be given at the end of this message. Welcome again to my preaching series, Kingdom of God. I hope it's blessing you like it's blessing me. Jesus is coming soon and it's all about the kingdom. We will make sure we're ready. Today is message number 16 in this series, War Against the Kingdom, part six. The scripture is John chapter 14, verse 10 and verses 16 through 20. This message is entitled, Jesus in you. Jesus in you. I hope you get it by now. There is a war against the kingdom and you can only survive if Jesus is in you. Paul said, we don't fight against humans, but Satan and his demons. These dark powers operate in this world from their dark kingdom in the spiritual realm. And they're organized. Their goal is to rule this world, oppose God and destroy humanity. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. But followers of Jesus Christ are not defenseless. The Apostle Paul lists six pieces of armor from God that protects us in the war against the kingdom. We're safe in Christ. Paul mentions we have a belt, a breastplate, shoes, shield, helmet, and sword that gives us victory in the war of the kingdom against the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 14 through 17. See, God's power and God's armor keeps us safe in spiritual warfare. But friends, it won't work if you don't stand, trust, and put it all on. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and verses 11 through 13. And that's what I want to talk about today. There are too many believers, too many Christians that don't really know what it's all about. How do you put on this armor? Is it some kind of armor we got to get from some supply place? And what does it look like? I mean, if it's a spiritual war, what does spiritual armor look like? I want to clear up a lot of that confusion today because I want you to win. If you belong to Jesus, the victory is already yours and it's time to stop living a defeated life. The devil is a liar and I'm going to expose his lies by telling you the truth. Think about that for a moment. I believe in today's message, it's a good time to review some of the material I've already covered. Remember friends, this is basic training for Christian soldiers. You need to look at me today like your training officer. And I'm gonna take my time and make sure that you are appropriately trained for spiritual warfare. We don't wanna rush this battle training. Friends, I've seen too many people in the church that are like that squirrely deputy Barney Fife on the syndicated Andy Griffin show. I like watching that. In one episode, Barney was begging Andy for his bullet. Barney had a gun, but Andy didn't trust him with any bullets because Barney was squirrely and high strong and he wasn't prepared for real conflict. When the bad guys usually came, they usually ran circles around Barney. It was Andy that always locked them up. So Barney just begging him, give me my bullet, give me a bullet. I ain't no real sheriff, give me a bullet. So Andy gave him one bullet. In the next episode, there was danger that came and the first time that Barney found himself in trouble, he started reaching for his gun, fumbling around and ended up shooting himself in the foot. 
No wonder Andy couldn't trust him with a bullet. He gave him a gun, but he didn't have no bullets because he shoot his own foot. Well, that's what happened. Let me talk to you real straight. There's too many Christians that I've met over my life that just fall by the wayside. Many of them shoot themselves in the foot. They ain't familiar with God's armor. They really don't know about God's armor. And the devil is just frightening them to death, making them kill themselves. Dropping out to church just because they're having some difficulty. Leaving their marriage because they're having rough times. Don't know how to fight in faith. Well, I need to make sure that you are thoroughly familiar with God's armor. You need to understand how it works and what it's all about. What you're about to learn today will save your life on the battlefield if you take it seriously. Again, there's war against the kingdom and you can only survive if Jesus is in you. You can pray, you can sing, you can give, you can tell others about it, you can walk in nature, you can do all kind of religious stuff. But the only way you're going to survive this war against the kingdom is if Jesus is in you. Hear me now. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the believer's power, the believer's armor, and the believer's resource that's talked about in Ephesians 6, it's all about Jesus. Jesus in you is what it's all about. You see, all of these things mentioned by the Apostle Paul to help us in our war against the kingdom, spiritual warfare, have to do with Jesus being in you. You see, Jesus being in you means that Jesus is in you, for you, and through you. You need Jesus in you, you need Jesus for you, and you need Jesus through you. Let me explain what I mean. Okay, you ready? Accepting Jesus as your Savior and Lord means to believe in him with all your heart. He comes into your life. Scriptures use words like taking up residence or abiding in you. All that means is he lives in you, literally, inside of you. Becoming a new person is what it means to be a Christian. From the inside out, you're born again by a Holy Spirit power. You're transformed. You're converted. You're made brand new. Did you know that being a Christian by definition means to be like Christ? Jesus is not just talking about us trying to mimic him. See, that's what we humans do. You say, yeah, I want to be like so-and-so or so-and-so wants to be like me. What you mean is they're trying to mimic your behavior. That's what Satan does. Satan tries to mimic God because he ain't no original. God's an original. That's not what Jesus calls us to be as Christians. He wants to live in us. As a matter of fact, you're not a Christian. You don't belong to him if Jesus is not living in you. You see, it's literally being transformed by Christ whose nature exudes through us as Jesus is in us. And Jesus works in us to work for us so he can work through us. You see, God wants us, hallelujah, to be like Jesus, not through the power of religion or through our own power. That's just ritual. That, so many people satisfied with that. Not me. Don't you be either. Jesus wants you to let him live in you and you abide with him and know him intimately inside of you. He wants to be one with you. Listen to this. No Christian is just religious. Christians are born of God into the kingdom 
the moment Jesus is in you. Wow. When you accept Jesus into your heart, he lives in you. Jesus in you. He's working on you while he's in you. Why is he working on you? To be more like him, to be a Christian, Christ-like. Jesus has to do that in us. He does that. He's working on you to be more like him. Jesus in you is also working for you. You see, this is where the armor and the warfare comes in. Jesus is working for you. While he's working on you, he works for you against your enemies. The battle is the Lord's, not yours. Hear me now. While Jesus is in you, he's working on you to be like him. He's working for you against your enemies. He defeats your enemies. The battle's his, not you. And he also works through you to bring others into his kingdom through your witness. As you let your light shine. You get it? Jesus in you means Jesus is working on you, for you, and through you. That's what it means to be a real Christian. Every Christian should become more like Jesus every day if he's in you. Every Christian. Amen should have greater victories over the enemy as Jesus fights for you because the devil can't defeat him if Jesus is in you. And every real Christian ought to have Jesus working through you. That's ministry. And you know what ministry looks like? Bringing others into the kingdom through your witness and example. Your examples of love, charity, mercy, grace, and all those great things that come with Jesus. It's all about Jesus in you. Get it? All right. So only true Christians then with Jesus in them, Jesus in you can survive and escape God's coming wrath and judgment as the warfare against the kingdom continues until the rapture. I'm sad to say it, but it's the truth. Satan will kill and drag many people down to hell with him and be tormented in hell with Satan forever simply because Jesus doesn't live in them. I don't care what substitutes you try to find, religion, doing good works, or just doing your own thing and claiming to be a God, you will not survive this war against the kingdom. Satan will drag you to hell with them forever if you don't repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart and mean it and let Jesus live in you. Okay. So in the war against the kingdom, I hope you see this now. The key to your survival in time and eternity is Jesus in you. So let's look at today's scriptures so we can clearly understand what the believers power, armor and resources are all about as it's recorded in Ephesians chapter six, because that's what we've been preaching about. Jesus in you. Jesus said many things to his disciples before he went to the cross. After three and a half years, the master told his disciples what was going to happen in the immediate and distant future. I want to look at two things related to our subject matter, Jesus in you, that the Lord said in that upper room. It's recorded in John chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 10 and verses 16 through 20. Jesus' message in John chapter 14, verses 10 and verses 16 through 20 are very important. His message in verse 10 was simple. Jesus told them, Jesus is in his father and his father was in him. And in verses 16 through 20, he expanded on this and included believers in this union of the Godhead. 
This is what Jesus said. Jesus is in the Father. You are in Jesus as a believer. And Jesus is in you. Hallelujah. Let me read John chapter 14, verse 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. What a word. This, of course, was Jesus' response to his disciple Philip, who was one of the twelve. And he was confused because Jesus had just said that they had already seen God the Father because they seen him. Jesus said, you already know the Father because you know me. Philip didn't understand that. So Philip blurts out and says, just show us the Father and we'll be content. Because as a Jew, they knew no one could see God and live. So they still didn't get it. And Jesus was trying to tell them, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Okay, what was Jesus talking about? Let's look at two things in verse 10 that I think will bring clarity to us. Let's look at Jesus' emphasis on in and how the Father worked through him. Okay, you ready? Jesus said to Philip, you need to believe that I am in the Father. Now, when Jesus is in the Father, you don't have to be a theologian to understand what he means. What Jesus was saying is clearly that the Father lived in him and that Jesus lived in the Father. Well, wait a minute. Jesus was in the flesh as a man. That's why I think Philip and everybody else got confused. You see, that's the point. Jesus was fully man, but he was fully God. John expands on this and says that Jesus had the spirit of God the Father in full measure. What that means is Jesus was fully man with flesh like us, but he also was fully God. Not partially, not just a little bit of God in him. All of God was in him. Jesus was the union between God and humanity, and he's the unique revelation of God the Father who is spirit and invisible in heaven shown to us. That's why you can't come to the Father except by him, which is how Jesus started out John chapter 14. So he says, don't you believe I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Father in me, I in the Father. This is talking about a union. This isn't talking about just two halves uniting like sometimes, you know, we do. No, no, no. We're talking about the essence of who they are is one. I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Now watch this. Jesus says, the Father is in me and I in the Father. And then he goes and says that what I say is not my own words, but it's the Father who lives in me. In case they was confused still, he says he lives in me. He does his work through me. So Jesus says, my preaching, teaching, miracles, all the things I do in ministry, is the results of God's spirit, the Father who totally lives in me. We're one. Hmm. So what we're talking about here is that God, through Christ, while he was in the flesh, Jesus is saying, lived in him, and he worked through him. Now, this is going to be important because Jesus is going to expand this in our next verses. Now, Jesus couldn't say, that the spirit of the father worked on him to make him more like the father. Jesus couldn't say that because he was fully God. But you'll notice in the next verses, that part is reserved for us. Let me read it to you. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 20. 
This is what it says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Praise the Lord. Ain't that special, friends? Okay, again, let's look at this. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 20. Let's highlight a few things and compare it to what we just saw in verse 10. Again, Jesus, he talks and emphasizes that he is in the Father, the Father is in him, but now he expands it to believers and he tells his disciples, and that's a message to us, that he's going to send another comforter who will live in us that allows the Father who is in the Son and the Son who is in the Father to also be in us together. Amen. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This helper he's talking about, Comforter is translated in other translations of the Bible. It's parakletos. It means the spirit that comes alongside us to help us. To help us what? Become more like Jesus. Amen. Defeat the enemy. Amen. And be used to draw others into the kingdom through faith in Christ. Let me break it down a little more. Remember I said in verse 10, Jesus couldn't say that the spirit was working. God's spirit was working on him because Jesus was perfect as he is. He never sinned. But the Holy Spirit does work on us. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead who lives in believers. That's why you keep hearing me say Jesus in you. Because when you have Jesus and the Father, the Holy Spirit brings all of them together because they're all one into you. Jesus in you. Amen. And he will never leave us. Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you orphanless. See, Jesus, when he was in the flesh, because he was limited by human flesh, but fully God, he couldn't be everywhere at one time. He couldn't live in everybody. You, no flesh could just jump inside of another piece of flesh. One material object cannot occupy the same space as another material object. But a spirit can. That's bodiless. That's Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, we're not orphans because the Holy Spirit goes everywhere with us. How can that be? Because he lives in us. Jesus said, and this is real important. He says, for he will dwell with you and be in you. He lives in us. Jesus says, I'm going to come to you. He says, now when I come, the world ain't going to see me. Because Jesus now works in the world through the church age, through his Holy Spirit. That is God. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all one. So Jesus says, the world ain't going to see them. Why? Because Jesus is not in them. They haven't been born again. They haven't been drawn by the Spirit to accept Jesus so Jesus can then reveal the Father. Jesus ain't in them. So he says, they're not going to see me, but you will. He says, and even though they're going to think I'm still dead, he says, you're going to know I'm alive because I'm going to be in you and you're going to be living my life. I'll be living my life in you. It's not that I'm just going to give you my life. My life will be in you. This is important. That's why Jesus says in that day, you will know that I am again in my father and you in me and I 
in you. Do you get it? Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, who blesses the name of the Father in believers, lives in us. He works on us through the Holy Spirit to become more like Christ. The life of Christ begins to take more control over us as we yield to him. That's how you become more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit works for us. That's Jesus working for us. And we're going to see that's connected to the armor. Jesus is the armor. Spirit armor. Yeah. And through us to draw others into the kingdom as we let him live through us to testify, to bring others into a faith in him. So when you put all this together, Jesus in you is a big deal. It's the key to understanding true salvation. It's the key and difference between believers and unbelievers. It's the difference between heaven and hell. And it defines the war against the kingdom. In a word, Jesus in you is the believer's power, which I already preached about earlier in this series. Jesus' power works in you. Jesus' power works for you. And Jesus' power works through you. That's what Paul meant when he said, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Jesus in you. Now, Jesus in you is also the believer's armor. Yeah, Jesus is the believer's armor because he's in you. His Holy Spirit ministers to work on you, for you, and through you. I'm currently talking about that in these series in my last few messages. All six pieces listed by Paul are just specific ways Jesus in you works on you, for you, and through you in the war against the kingdom. Jesus is the armor in just six different expressions that Paul lists to defend you against the devil when you're attacked. He's the armor. The battle is his. That's him working for you. Simultaneously, he's still working in you or on you so you become more like him in spite of what the devil does. And then he uses his power to also work through you while he's working on you and for you. He's using you as a testimony to draw others to believe in him so they can come into the kingdom. That's what the war of the kingdom is really all about. Letting your light shine, being an example, a witness, just living your life with Jesus in you. And others say, I want some of that. And then you can lead them to the kingdom. Hallelujah. That's what it means when Paul said, put on all of God's armor and stand against the devil. Let him do what he do. So what's today's big idea? Let me wrap it all up. It's about Jesus in you, working on you to become more like him, working for you against your enemy, working through you to bring others to believe in him into his kingdom. Get all of this in your spirit, friends. You must be thoroughly familiar with God's armor and understand how it all works. And it's all about Jesus in you. Learn it well. It will save your life on the battlefield today. Amen. There's a story about a kindergarten teacher. A kindergarten teacher was walking around her classroom while her students drew pictures. One little girl was scribbling intently and it got her teacher's attention. So the teacher walks up to her and asks her, honey, what are you drawing? The little girl said, I'm drawing a picture of Jesus. 
teacher thought about it and said, oh, honey, nobody really knows for sure what Jesus looks like. Little girl just looked confidently at her and responded and said, they will in a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to have faith just like that little girl. Jesus was God's picture of what he looks like. Here goes the question for you and me today. Are you a picture of what Jesus looks like? That's what Jesus in you is all about. So let's pray. I ask that God would, in Jesus' name, open your eyes so you can see what's right in front of you. Open your ears so you can hear what God just said to you. And then you'll know what to do. Let Jesus live in you. If you're an unbeliever, you can repent right now and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me and arose with all power in your hands. And I want you to save me from my sins and open up your heart and he'll save you. He'll transform you right now. If you're already a believer, then I pray that Jesus encourage you and strengthen you and that you yield more to him. Let Jesus live through you, for you, and on you. Come on now, let him live in you. That's what this is all about. Jesus is coming soon. We need to get ready. That's what this message is all about. God bless you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. You can review these video messages and support the ministry at ShilohNewark.com and MichaelANobleMinistries.com. Check out my YouTube channel and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can hear each new message on your tablet, smartphones, or other electronic devices as a podcast. On iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, all you got to do is go on MichaelANobleMinistries.com and hit the links. I upload new content. I've been doing it weekly, actually on my channel on brighteon.com. My channel's name is Man Up Truth. Check it out. Join me in my next message. I'm gonna get back to War Against the Kingdom, part seven, and I'm gonna talk about the other pieces of the believer's armor on Paul's list. I hope you'll check it out. God bless you real good.